The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now we go to Turkey for the latest on the deepening humanitarian crisis and the frantic rescue efforts in the wake of Monday's devastating earthquakes. Uh, I'm joined, uh, first of all, by Andy Buchanan, Country Director for Concern Worldwide in Turkey. Andy, good morning. Hi, good morning. Now, this is almost an impossible task. I mean, such devastation over such a wide area and even infrastructure that might be used to get aid to people is is fractured. Yes. You know, no, exactly. Um, so we, uh, as Concern Worldwide, we're based here in Şanlıurfa, uh, in southeast Turkey, uh, one of the 10 worst affected uh, provinces by the earthquake. Um, and yes, for the last two days, you know, initially we were, um, our, our teams have been trying to find uh, shelters for themselves uh, and their families, uh, and then now transitioning more to, to supporting uh, others and uh, sending aid to the worst affected provinces uh, further to the west. Now, we know there has been a massive international effort to uh, get aid to uh, where it is needed, but what what are the deficits? I mean, the, the Turkish crews, which have been sent in by the government, uh, can only do so much. Machinery is needed, and perhaps machinery uh, can't be got to the areas that need it to move, remove uh, concrete debris. Uh, yes, I mean, as Concern Worldwide, we're, we're not uh, directly involved in the recovery of people under collapsed buildings. Um, so that's been led by the Turkish Disaster Management uh, Agencies with support from international rescue teams. Uh, as NGOs, we're trying to support the local authorities, the municipal authorities, uh, with uh, in-kind items, blankets, mattresses, uh, food, uh, hygiene items, um, in the uh, collection centers where people are staying. So, you know, I'm here in a city of uh, half a million people. Uh, for, the, for the last three nights, you know, nearly all of those people are not uh, staying in their homes. The, the homes are not safe to go back to. So people are either staying in schools, um, sports centers, that kind of thing, or they're stay, sleeping in their cars. Um, and also many people ha- have left uh, to go to other provinces or, yeah. Now, the, there is that immediate problem of uh, of survival of uh, sustenance, food, uh, and some sort of shelter. But by the sound of it, this is going to be a very protracted problem uh, because many of the buildings are going to have to be destroyed. Uh, right. There will be nowhere for people to live. Right. No, exactly. That's becoming clear. I mean, talking to colleagues that have passed through the worst affected provinces, they talk about you know every single building having very significant damage. Um, the Turkish authorities are currently doing structural checks on, on all buildings across the uh, 10 provinces. It's going to take them time to finish that process. Uh, and until that check has been done, people are being advised not to go back into their houses. But it's clear that hundreds of thousands of people, possibly you know, millions of people, are not going to be able to return to their homes. Uh, buildings will have to be demolished. Uh, temporary accommodation will have to be provided. Uh, the financial implications, uh, as well as the disruption to the you know, normal life, uh, are going to be significant, and it will take time, you know, months or years, um, to to rebuild. Uh, yeah. And in terms of what concern, therefore, will do, uh, I mean, I don't know, given you have a substantial operation there anyway, what yeah. you were doing before the earthquakes, and now how you'll have to refocus your efforts. I mean, before the earthquake, we were supporting uh, Syrian refugees displaced by the Syrian conflict uh, in Turkey, uh, working with the Turkish government, helping refugees to access uh, government uh, services and services from other NGOs. 
Uh, clearly now, you know, the most vulnerable people is not only refugees, but also uh, their Turkish neighbors, um, especially from the poorest uh, or neighborhoods in the, in the cities um, where much of the housing has been uh, destroyed. Uh, initially, we're still in the kind of you know, emergency response phase, but we're also looking to the you know, medium long term. You know, how can we support the Turkish government with uh, with, with, with the shelter, uh, with support to the temporary shelters and with other services that will be needed? Andy, thank you very much for joining us. Andy Buchanan, who's uh, Country Director for Concern Worldwide uh, in Turkey. Uh, joining us now, Ruth Michelson, who's Guardian journalist uh, working in Turkey at the moment. Ruth, good morning. Good morning. Uh, the the death toll overnight has soared alarmingly, and we know that we have not reached uh, the the peak as yet. Uh, what is the latest figure that you are hearing in Turkey? Well, unfortunately, just um, just before we spoke, it was announced that the latest uh, death toll in Turkey passed forty thousand people. That's just in Turkey alone, um, and the total number of casualties far higher because. Um, Unfortunately, the huge numbers of casualties in uh, northwest Syria in rebel, rebel, more rebel-held areas, and then also uh, extreme issues with um, the the devastation that has wreaked havoc, but all across northern Syria. Um, and it seems that the you know we're getting far more infrequent updates about um, search and rescue operations with the results of those um, in. in uh, regime-held parts of Syria, which means that the true scale of this um, and the, number, the amount of the devastation is really unlikely to be known to us for some time, given the lack of transparency for the regime yeah. and the slowness of those efforts. And uh, we spoke before on the program about uh, because, you know, the fact that the writ of the Syrian government does not run in parts of the areas affected by the earthquake, um, that the, the rescue efforts, many of the Syrian people uh, who had been displaced already before the earthquake feel that they have uh, been abandoned by the Syrian government. Right, and and also that's true. I mean, but also if you look at, for example, the situation in Idlib, that's a place that has a concentration of um, internally displaced people from over ten years of, of civil war in Syria, um, and that these were people already desperate and that are now relying entirely on the search and rescue efforts of the Syrian Civil Defence, better known as the White Helmet, um, as group of people that are. Trained to pull people out under from the rubble of, of earthquake, um, excuse me, of airstrikes. Now, you know, being forced to deal with a situation on a scale that they have never encountered before, and this is essentially a volunteer force to cover an entire province um, where people have been internally displaced once and now um, have nowhere else to go. Um, the in Turkey itself, uh, the uh, voices uh, criticizing President Erdogan uh, are getting louder, and uh, already the recriminations uh, have begun. Now, on this program, on this station earlier today, we had the Turkish ambassador to Ireland, and um, the uh, I suppose apologia for uh, President Erdogan has been criticized was that look, the extent of this disaster, 24 cities, um, infrastructure destroyed, and no matter how much money was collected for preemptive work on infrastructure around the country in anticipation of any earthquake, 
even if they'd started, you know, to do it all, they would be nowhere completion uh, at this point in 2023, that uh, a tragedy was inevitable. I mean, I think that it's fair to say that no government on Earth is responsible for something that we all know to be a natural disaster, but the logistical response to it is something that they are deeply responsible for. And there are also, understandably, as there have been with every previous earthquake that Turkey suffered um, in, in living memory, natural questions about um, zoning, building codes. You know, we're looking at areas of devastation where you'll see a row of buildings and it's clear which buildings were not built to code because they are currently lying in rubble. And the ones that are still standing were. And that is evidence of, in some cases, localized corruption um, and various issues that the state is very much responsible for. So when Erdogan stood up yesterday in the in Karaman Marash, uh, near the epicenter of the explosion, a promise to rebuild every single house that has been demolished in Due to this, due to this earthquake, um, in in within the next year, that feels like an impossibility, uh, given that the the nature of the rescue effort at the moment um, that it's going to just take so much time to clear this rubble. The idea that hope for everyone across all ten provinces affected by this will be rebuilt within a year feels like an incredible challenge. So, of course, this leads naturally to the question. Um, there will obviously be uh, when the dust literally settles on all of this an attempt by the political class uh, to find culprits, uh, maybe builders, developers and so on, who did not build to code. And I would suspect that those punishments would be harsh. Well, I mean, it's easy to point fingers exactly as you say at individuals rather than looking at state responsibility. Um, so far, we've very much seen a version of the state that wants to project control, um, but not necessarily care. And for speaking to people on the ground, uh, there are plenty of angry people angry at how long it took the state's emergency workers to reach them. And those are in cities. You know, out in villages, there are people that can say it's just such a huge area people haven't been able to arrive. And that is a question of funding and personnel and pre-planning, because the nature of Turkey is that there should have been, you know, this this was unfortunately an, uh, a terrible, tragic thing, but one that it it was possible to prepare better for. Um, and those questions um, are certainly being asked by the Turkish public. Ruth, thank you very much for joining us. Ruth Michelson, who's a Guardian journalist currently working in Turkey. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m on News Talk.